Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Blinded Veteran Association's Vet Tech Podcast Series. This podcast series features a variety of content from recordings from our monthly webinar series, sponsored content, educational demonstrations, as well as interviews and a variety of other items that allows individuals to learn more about the assistive, adaptive, and accessible technologies that enhances the lives of individuals with visual impairments. For our VetTech Weekly Webinar Series for October 12th, we proudly welcome Vespero's Michael, Rachel, and Elizabeth to learn more about how they are empowering independence through Enhanced Vision, Optelec, and Freedom Scientific. We appreciate you uh, inviting us. We're happy to be here. Uh, on the screen right now, I just have uh, a slide saying, Truly Empowering Independence with Vespero and the Blinded Veterans Association. And, uh, you know, our motto, I guess, our company motto is Empowering Independence, which is kind of exciting. I'm going to actually let everybody introduce themselves. So we'll start off with Rachel. All right. My name is Rachel Buchanan. I am the current director user education and technical support at Vespero or Freedom Scientific. Vespero is just our larger company name. And and we're super excited to um, go over this information with you all and take any questions you may have. And Elizabeth? I am Elizabeth Whitaker. I am currently the manager of the user education and outreach team. And as Rachel said, we're really excited to be here today and to be able to give you this information. And my name is Mike Wood, and I am an account manager for the education field. All of our emails are on this slide here now that I have up with our name and our title. Uh, it's also really easy to remember if you need to reach out to us. Our email addresses are our first initial. So for Rachel, it would be R, and then her last name, Buchanan, at Vespero, V-I-S-P-E-R-O. So E. Whitaker and M. Wood, all at Vespero. So because, as Rachel just said, Vespero, we get that question often. You know, everybody knows Freedom Scientific because of JAWS, Zoom Text, Fusion. Uh, you know, some people might know Enhanced Vision. Some people might know Optelec. Uh, so those are the three major brands. We also have a brand called the Pasiello Group, or TPGI. And I was just presenting recently and mentioned, you know, TPGI. And the exciting thing that they just did is they actually put JAWS on the kiosks inside of McDonald's and the crowd was all super excited about that. You know, you think about going into restaurants and not being able to order if you can't see the screen, right? You've got a touch screen in front of you, it's useless. Uh, so we have speech enabled those. So Vespero is the umbrella company uh, that develop products, both hardware and software. Uh, we take feedback from end users. We try to be as innovative as possible. We have a giant team across the globe, basically. Uh, we're represented in 70 different countries. And a little trivia, Vespero actually stands for, it's two Latin words uh, that stand for vision and hope. So if anyone ever quizzes you, you now have the secret answer. So I want to go over a couple of things. Many of you on this call are already going to know these the answers to these questions or some of the basic information that I'm going to share at the beginning uh, before we get into the you know nitty gritty stuff. So what are some signs of low vision, even with corrective lenses? You know, oftentimes people might assume uh, I wear corrective lenses and, oh, you know, he's low vision because without my glasses, I, I can't really see very well at all. But difficulty reading a book, newspaper or magazine, that's going to be a sign. Recognizing faces of family and friends. Doing daily living activities, maybe cooking, sewing, fixing things around the house. Another thing we forget is selecting and matching the color of your clothes. 
Uh, feeling that your lights are dimmer than normal and reading traffic signs or names of stores as you're driving. So many of these are signs that you, you may have low vision, uh, even with, as I said, corrective lenses. So what are some causes for low vision and blindness? So it's usually caused by an eye disease or health condition. And many of these are just, again, a few that I'm gonna name, but some are age-related macular degeneration, so AMD, cataracts, diabetes, glaucoma, or an eye injury or birth defect. Whatever the cause may be, low vision cannot be restored. It can, however, be managed if you're using proper treatment or vision rehab. Uh, so, you know, disclaimer, we always say, if you're having any of these signs or you think you might, it's always good to go and have your eyes checked and go and see a specialist. So what are the ways that Vespero or Freedom Scientific, Enhanced Vision, or Optilec um, help? So as Tim had said, we've got our software suite. We have JAWS, Zoom Text, and Fusion. And Elizabeth's going to go into that a little bit more in depth as we move forward in this uh, presentation. And then we also have hardware, optical magnifiers, lighting and filtered lenses, uh, electronic video magnifiers, portable video magnifiers, and then Braille displays. So the first few things I'm gonna talk about are optical magnifiers and lighting. These are key things when earlier I mentioned, for example, uh, needing a little bit brighter light to do a task, or if you're picking out clothing and maybe, uh, you know, I'm gonna use an example of the Stella lamp that I have on this slide. Uh, I have one here at my house for demo purposes, but uh, more recently I had taken some pictures. I had three pairs of socks and Visually for me, I thought they all looked pretty dark, either dark blue or black. And when I put them under the Stella lamp with a different colored light on them, I was able to see that one pair was black and two were navy blue. Um, so lighting makes a huge difference and supports and helps you with things like that. Anti-glare sunglasses or filtered lenses. Uh, many of you, you know, Mikey is the blue blockers type of glasses, right? So they're gonna block out that blue light spectrum uh, they're much easier on the eyes if you're out in the sun or you're working on the computer all day long. You want to block out some of those uh, light you know, waves. And then our optical magnifying lenses. Many times this is the first thing that people get when they go into the eye doctor. They might recommend a magnifier. Uh, I refer to those as, you know, your Sherlock Holmes style magnifier. You know, you've got your round or maybe a square lens uh, and they're fantastic. The only drawback I find to those is if you're, you have an 8x magnifier, that's it. All day long, you're 8x. That's the only power you're going to be able to magnify. So you might have to have a couple different sizes of these, whether it be 8, 10, 12. But it, the higher you get, the more magnification you need, the smaller the lens actually becomes. So then your field of vision is cut off. So and that's another little trick there. So what do you transition to when those handheld optical magnifiers just aren't maybe cutting it? Or maybe they are, but maybe you just find that you need a little bit more. Uh, maybe you find you need something a little brighter. You need backlit, more black backlighting. That's where you end up switching over to a handheld video magnifier. So on the screen now, I have an image of the Ruby XLHD. Uh, this is the number one selling handheld video magnifier in the industry. Um, it's been around for quite a while. Many of you on the call may even own one or have put your hands on one previously at a conference. It's a five inch LCD screen. And the nice thing with this is, as I mentioned on those optical magnifiers, you were locked into a certain power magnification. With this, 
you can go from 2X all the way up to 14X magnification. So you have a wide range. And that's also helpful depending on what are you reading? You know, what's the font size or what are you looking at that you need to magnify? So you have that wide range, 2 to 14X. It only weighs 10 and a half ounces. Uh, it does have a built-in battery. It's a three-hour continuous-use battery. Uh, it also adds in high-contrast color viewing modes. So those are also a huge help. You can do high-contrast black on white, white on black. Uh, you can do yellow on black. I mean, there's multiple. There's 20 different color contrast options that you can add in there. It does have a built-in handle that has two different positions. And the thing that's nice with that is if you're transitioning somebody from an optical magnifier where they're used to holding it with a handle, this actually has a similar handle so they can hold that handle and use this the same way they would an optical magnifier and then add in all these other functionalities. Uh, it's very brightly colored so it's easy to learn what buttons do what uh, and there's really nothing you can mess up on it if you're using it. You just have to press the button and it brings you back. So that's the Ruby XL HD. If you find that you need a larger screen, uh, from there, you would bump up to something like the Ruby 10, which is a brand new product. Uh, the Ruby 10 is really nice because the Ruby 10 is a 10 inch display screen. Um, so the size of the screen is right in its name. And this is a little bit more complex because it does have those colored buttons around the sides to zoom in, zoom out, uh, change your color contrast, add a guideline for reading. So if you're reading a document and you find that your eyes may jump around the page a little bit, there's options on these to add a guideline to help keep you on track of where you're reading. But this does take it a step further because it is touch screen. So even though you have those easy to use buttons on the side, if you wanna go more in depth, you can actually touch the screen and you can do things like optical character recognition, OCR, which is scanning or reading. Uh, so if you want something to then be read back to you, that comes in handy as your eyes you know, start to fatigue when you're using a magnifier, the same way that if you're staring at your computer screen all day, you might notice that you're getting a little bit of eye strain. Uh, this then allows you to snap an image and have the product read it out loud to you. It also has a fold-out camera arm. Um, to picture this, I kind of picture it like a director's uh, you know, cut, I don't know what you call that thing, the, the clapboard thing that they use before filming a scene. So that arm folds out. And what that gives you is the ability to actually look at a full eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. So you ask, you know, what would I need this for, right? What if you need to fill out a document, write your signature on something? Maybe you need to view a label on something that's larger. So you get a package from Amazon or something like that. Uh, and you wanna see, you know, what, what's in this thing. So you can actually fit that underneath that camera because it gives you a lot more space between the table and the camera itself. Uh, reading things like round items. So if you're reading a soup can or a pasta sauce label, uh, and you can also change the contrast using that camera. You can also store images on this. So it's really user-friendly. Uh, but again, you know, it depends on what your ability is. Do you want to use touchscreen? And what are you looking to do? Uh, one of my colleagues a couple years back had, had given me some information about a research study that he read that basically was interviewing uh, people with low vision. And they had asked them, you know, how many products do you have that you use on a daily basis? And the average person was using four and a half different products a day. So, you know, it depends on the task that you have at hand. What are you trying to do? Are you out and about at a, a restaurant? You know, you might not want to carry the Ruby 10 to a restaurant, 
Uh, but you might easily want to carry the Ruby XL HD in your purse or your bag, backpack, you name it. So then you go a step further. So those are 10 inch screens on the Ruby 10 and also the Compact 10 has a 10 inch screen. So that's just a different brand that's under the Optilet brand. And I also want to say, um, and I don't think I mentioned this on the last time that we did this presentation, but many of these products are on the VA contract as well. Uh, many of them are the enhanced vision line of products, uh, Optilec, and I believe we also have some Freedom Scientific on that contract. So we do a lot of work with obviously the VA hospitals for that. So the foldable portable video magnifiers are the next level. So then you go from, we went from a five inch to a 10 inch. Now we're bringing you up to a 15 or a 17 inch monitor. Uh, these are going to be the Merlin Mini, the Topaz Ultra, or the Clearview Go. And the Merlin Mini is the one that is on the VA contract. So what this does for you is you have it in a 15 and a 17 inch option. Uh, so you're getting a lot larger screen, but these do fold up and are portable. So these are nice because if you don't have uh, the space to put a large CCTV, or maybe you're going in between school and work or you know home and school, or home and whatever, you're going between multiple places. I have a good friend of mine that bought one of these a couple of years back. She was going from Ohio to New York City and her apartment in New York is really small. She said, I don't have the space to put a giant CCTV, but I still need to be able to read my mail and things that come to me there. And so this is great because you can fold it up and I would compare it to a laptop. Uh, for those of you that are old enough to remember uh, the size of maybe an old school laptop from like the late eighties, early nineties, you know, timeframe. Uh, so it's, it's not huge. It's definitely manageable and doesn't take up that much space. It can easily slide under a couch or a bed. Um, and the nice thing with these is they give you a wide range of magnification, but they also do some distance capability. So you can do paper or desktop magnification. So if you're reading a newspaper or looking at a document, you can do distance. So if you wanted to look out your driveway, look out your window, uh, many people like to use this to look out the window at birds and things like that, you can do that. Uh, you can also do self-facing. So that's really helpful if you wanna make sure that your hair is in the right place, apply makeup uh, and just check yourself before you walk out the door. So then we get to our desktop units. And again, many of you may be familiar with these. You have the Topaz, you have the Merlin Elite Pro and you have the Clearview C by Optilec. Um, on the contract, I believe is the Optilec product and there's also an enhanced vision product on the VA contract. The three of these are a lot larger. At this point, you're talking about 22 and 24 inch monitors. Uh, these also do incorporate in OCR speech capability. So you can scan and read. Uh, you know, the nice thing is these monitors are all high definition, really great quality, but the only drawback is the size that they're gonna take up. So these are things that you're not going to be moving around very easily. Uh, when I deliver these to veterans, usually I tell them, you know, do you have any grandkids? If they say no, I'm like, you got any young neighbors that could help you if you need to move this because it's definitely a larger, a larger product, but very powerful. They come with built-in XY tables. Um, and for the most part, most of the functionality is the same. It just depends on how it is portrayed to the user. So on the Topaz uh, desktop, you know, you've got basically color-coded buttons. Uh, on the Merlin Elite Pro, they're not color-coded, but there's only three buttons along the front. And then on the Clearview C, you actually have a remote control and that remote control can be taken off of the unit itself. So you could theoretically sit back in your chair and use that to control the unit if you were zooming in or zooming out. So great products. Um, 
And again, this might be something you have at home and you might have some of the other items to carry around while you're out and about being mobile. So I'm going to talk about software solutions and the way that a person who is losing vision or has lost vision is going to approach computer use. Mike has given a great overview of the magnifiers and the different handheld options and all the way to desktop options. And throughout me talking about this, I would like to use a metaphor for things and talk about um, maybe you twisting your ankle. So <clears throat> I like to use this as a as a physical concrete example of what people are going through as they lose vision because I think vision loss sometimes seems so subjective. It's not really. And visual acuity is um, you know, no different than not having any musculature in your legs. But um, a lot of times people may question what you can see and what you can't see. Even you might question yourself or it may change from day to day. But nevertheless, we'll stick with the metaphor of you know, hurting a foot, hurting an ankle, hurting a leg, you want to use what you have while you have it. So in other words, you don't go into straight into using a wheelchair. You try to use your residual mobility as long as you can. So whether that means a support cane or, you know, just beginning by using the rail and holding on tight when you go upstairs, that's kind of the equivalent of what I think of as these magnifiers. And as we move on into software and we talk about magnification, that's where Zoom text is. It's the beginning parts of visual support for someone who is not able to access the computer screen the way they wanted to previously or the way they could previously, but they don't have to change their method of access completely because they still have usable vision. Zoom text has a lot of settings and customizations within it. They're not very complicated. I think even though, um, you know, obviously I've been working with ZoomText for a few years, but I, I think that the settings are pretty intuitive. People tend to pick them up quickly. It allows you to customize colors and you can turn those enhancements on and off, whether it be the background foreground color or a text highlight color just to show you your place while you're reading. It also can do pointer enhancements, which changes the mouse pointer size and color. It can be really large and bright green. Last week we talked about the, the crosshairs, which is a really nice way to never lose your mouse. And it changes the way the, the mouse pointer is basically on an XY axis on the screen and you can't lose it because you always have that vertical line and the horizontal line. And if you can find one of those, you can find the point where they cross. And so it allows you to keep track of the mouse. So different type of um, pointer enhancements like that. And then cursor enhancements, which are the cursors, the little blinking um, rectangular image that appears like when you're about to type in a word or when you're in an edit box online and you can change the color, shape, and size of that. There's also some other things in Zoom text that have to do with tracking, just all kinds of customizations so that if you have low vision or you're in the process of losing vision, you still have this visual support. You still have your support cane there. And then even one step further, because Zoom text has speech built in and it's a low level of speech that allows you to read certain things. It provides you support um, for only the things essentially that you want read to you. There's a feature that you can turn on that allows you to read text when the mouse, when you hover, the mouse pointer over that text. 
and then the voice pipes up. But it's not like you think of a screen reader, if you've heard one before, where it reads continuously and you're hearing everything. So you're, you're gradually building up this support the way you would if you needed assistance walking, the way you might transition to a walker as you, you have less and less mobility. And in the same way, you might need another piece of software. And so Fusion was born out of this idea, which is that either you might be supplying software to a company or a business that needs to meet a lot of different needs, but also in the individual home user, you might have a person who has really the full functionality of both of these pieces of software. Zoom text with all of its magnification power, a little bit of built-in speech, and JAWS, which is our screen reading product that is primarily you know, just for people who cannot see the screen and are accessing the screen non-visually, Infusion combines these both together. It's one license, one installation, but you have two icons on your desktop and you can run Zoom text. And if your eyes become fatigued, you could turn on the Zoom text speech. And then, you know, if your eyes become even more fatigued, you could turn on JAWS and you could seamlessly switch back and forth between the two. So you're able to access magnification. You're able to access the full power of speech. And that is why Fusion was born, just so people could have those together. Because I think another thing that's very different about losing vision compared to losing, losing something like physical mobility is um, it's just so much more obvious. And we, I think it's easier to admit to yourself, you know, we, we walk all day long. So if you can't walk, eventually you admit to yourself, like, I can't walk. And everybody around you can see it, whereas you may be able to get away with it more if you're just passing as a sighted person. And so when it's time, when it's time to transition, this can be a tough transition to make because you're needing that extra speech. You're already comfortable with accessing the computer visually, and you can push yourself to a point where you're not as productive as you want to be. You're not as functional as you want to be. Uh, you know, imagine yourself just trying to run a marathon when you really need to be in a wheelchair race, but because you don't have, you know, full control over your legs. So it's it's the same thing. And it brings us to JAWS and the screen reader and how you can utilize full speech as a support with Fusion. And so these products, just to be clear, are available together or separately, of course. And Fusion is when you buy them together and they but they can work separately if you just happen to have the two products separately. So I'm sure there'll be some questions about that, but that is kind of my spiel about the transition from visual access of computers to non-visual access. And Liz is gonna talk more about um, using a screen reader and then also accessing the computer with Braille. Now, Liz, did I forget any major parts of my presentation today? Nope, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> That's all right. I knew you'd catch me if I did. Right. So actually, I do want to mention some things about JAWS before we get to that, because I want to talk about why you need JAWS in order to use the Braille display. As Rachel said, JAWS is a full screen reader. And what that means is JAWS will read the text that's on the screen. As you navigate around, it'll read all the prompts. You know, if you press the Windows key, it'll go to the start menu. If you open Microsoft Word, it'll tell you where you are. It'll tell you you're in Word and things like that. 
like Zoom text, it is very customizable. So not only can you read the text, you can navigate around, you can navigate by word and sentence, paragraph, things like that. You can customize settings for the voice that is used, that what you hear speaking back to you, how fast or slowly that voice speaks. And then you can customize a whole lot of other things like how much you hear. What what prompts do you want to hear? Do you want to hear any help messages on the screen that give you keyboard commands and things like that? Or, you know, as you become, you know, accustomed to using JAWS, maybe you don't need to hear those things. So it's it's highly customizable. Now, transitioning to a screen reader, it takes a little bit of getting used to because you do have to get used to listening to synthesized speech you know it's not it's not used to it's not like hearing people speak and so you know oftentimes we'll tell people as you whether you're transitioning from having vision to not having vision and you're 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 to that point where you're transitioning to speech or whether you just need speech you know from from the beginning here take some time to read text, to listen to text, to get used to listening to that synthesized speech. JAWS also has some other really neat features that can really increase independence. Things like a feature called Convenient OCR, which allows you to scan and read either printed text or you know, text from an image, text from maybe a PDF that's not accessible on the screen. So you have lots of options there. There's also a feature called Picture Smart that allows you to get a description of a photo and it uses some artificial intelligence uh, services like Microsoft and some other cloud services and it goes out there and it gets a description it, and and depending on the picture. So if if it's a picture of a well-known landmark or someone who is recognizably famous, then it might go out there and know who that person is, or it might recognize that landmark. Otherwise, it'll just give you some descriptive words that will tell you what's in the picture. But it, it does help, you know, and gives you an idea of what's in the picture. Sometimes you, you get better descriptions than others, but it can also help you if you're trying to, you know, rename pictures that are on your computer so you know what they are. But it's important to know and understand that you you can, you know, use a computer completely independently with JAWS. You can open applications, you can, you know, write documents, navigate the web, send emails, all kinds of things using JAWS. And now to talk about what Mike was mentioning as far as our Braille displays. So we call these refreshable Braille displays because they are, it's a hardware device that connects to your computer either using a USB cable or via Bluetooth. You can also connect to your cell phone or your tablet or you know other devices as well. But it connects to the computer and displays the text on the screen in Braille. And you get you know one line of Braille. And when you press a button to make it go to the next line, it displays the next line in Braille. So that's why we call it refreshable Braille because if, if any message pops up on the screen, you know, maybe a dialogue or something, it will display that in Braille. So it enables you to navigate the computer, write documents, all of that using Braille. But you do install, you use JAWS because JAWS does include the drivers that allow you to use the display. 
So once you install JAWS or Fusion, you can do this with Fusion as well, then when you connect the display, our focus displays connect very quickly and are automatically you know, installed. The, the drivers are automatically installed and they will just connect right away and you can start using them. So you don't really have to go through a lot of setup or anything like that. You just connect the display and there you go. You can start using it. Oh, and one other thing I was going to mention too is we do have three sizes of focus. And what I mean by this, we have a, a 14 cell, a 40 cell, and an 80 cell. What that refers to is how many Braille cells are on the line of Braille. So for those of you who may not know a lot about Braille, a Braille cell is equivalent to one character. So as you're reading, so if you're using the the Focus 14, those are most frequently used with cell phones and smaller devices where you're going to be carrying it around. It's going to be portable. You know, maybe you're using it to send and receive text messages, to send and receive emails. Then you have the Focus 40, uh, which is, you know, more characters at a time that you're going to be reading on a line and the Focus 80. And Focus 40 is really frequently used because you a lot of people will have those they're pretty small you can have it sitting by your keyboard or even in front of your keyboard and then the focus 80 is is longer and I think people often use that when they're reading a whole lot of braille or or maybe depending on braille you know completely so thank you uh -huh. very much Mike Rachel and Liz for uh the wonderful overview of the wonderful lineup that uh, Vespero has to offer. Just as a quick recap and kind of placing it within that blind rehab services continuum of care. The items that Mike described, looking at the Opelite, the Merlin, the Ruby, and those types of devices, those are wonderful all devices that are available through visual skills. So that's training that can be done with your local visor, victors, or other type of blind rehab outpatient programs, or even through telehealth, as well as through inpatient services. And um, bring this over to the next part where we're looking at the uh, ZoomText, Fusion, and JAWS lineup that, yep, those are all available through um, outpatient, inpatient, and telehealth-related services with your local BRS continuum of care the cast programs. With that stated, uh, does anyone have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or things that they would like to know from Michael, Rachel, or Liz? Um, and as you all just get thinking, I know one that usually does come up, especially when we start talking about um, the old SMA uh, product licenses that we used to have to get for renewals whenever we're looking at getting the uh, latest version of Zoom Text Fusion or JAWS. Um, can you guys walk us through generally how that is working on the VA side of things when you guys get those um, those uh, purchase orders from the VA for a new SMA? We've got the different licensing. And I think, Tim, is are you pointing out like the um, the portal license that we offer versus the yep. older? Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so, which is, is a big change, right? Uh, so we had the old IL... I, I'm, calling it old, but it was the older style ILM license. And what that was, was you would buy whatever version's available today, and then you would buy the SMA for two years. And then when that SMA expires, you know, you can renew uh, the SMA again for another two years to stay current. And we also now have available the portal license, which mainly came out because it was easier for an end user to purchase. We were running into a lot of situations where end users, you know, it wasn't being funded by another source. So for an end user to get the product, it was very limiting. So with the portal license, 
they basically sign up. If you were to sign up today, uh, you would be at JAWS version 2022. And we're releasing 2023 sometime at the end of this month. You would then get that major upgrade for free because it runs on a, a 365 day cycle, basically the portal license. Uh, it's a one year license. You can also purchase it as three year or five year. Uh, and that would be across the board, Zoom Text, JAWS or Fusion. Uh, many people uh, such as like the VA or schools or um, even like, uh, what's the word, like state departments, they'll usually purchase the older ILM style still just because for them to purchase a uh, yearly subscription or something like that, it's a little bit more difficult for them to get through, I believe. So we do have those options. Um, and once your portal license expires, so if you bought a one year at the end of that year, as you're approaching the end of it, it's going to notify you, you know, your, your license is going to be out of date soon. Um, you can then renew it. If you don't renew it, your license would run in the 40 minute demo mode, as opposed to the ILM license, which if you were to buy today, version 2022, um, and let's just for an example, say you didn't get SMA in five years, uh, you know, you would still be able to run 2022, but it's going to be outdated. Now, the key and benefit to always staying current is the fact that it's not always features that we're adding in there. So we're on like every six to eight weeks, we do a minor up, update and then we do a yearly upgrade at the end of uh, October usually. And those minor updates that go out every six to eight weeks are oftentimes uh, features that are fixing issues that maybe Microsoft did some update that, that changed something um, or we may be just adding a new cool feature throughout the year. All right. Thank you very much for that, yeah, Michael, because I, I know just as Rachel said, yeah, that's a hard one to navigate, especially with the VA. I will say we will be doing a call to action here in the future uh, on trying to get a good effort going to have that radically change and how the VA looks at doing the, its entire relationship with Vespero. So more to come on that in the future. And I did want to mention, Tim, so on the slide now, I do have some of our training and support. Uh, Rachel's team, Elizabeth, is phenomenal. So there's, you know, our main training page, freedomscientific.com slash training. That's going to be the place you want to go for everything and anything. Uh, but there's that. And then the other thing I just wanted to point out is social media. For those of you that are active on social, um, we're everywhere. And Liz and Rachel might be able to say more about their clubhouse talks that they do on <coughs> a weekly basis. And the podcast, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff, more than yeah. I I mean, I know, I mean, I'm not even active on social media. So I guess that's the dirty secret is that we're, we're very active on social media. And I know that not everyone is into it. But if you do have a platform that you like to connect on, we're probably there. So whether or not you just like to peruse YouTube videos, we have like over 100 short tutorial videos that show how to do different things in JAWS and Zoom text and also over different hardware devices. We try to keep them really short and descriptive if you're only listening, but also visual if you're watching. So, um, yeah. And then, like Mike said, the training center, you know, we are on TikTok. That's probably the, the biggest mountain we've climbed in the last <clears throat> six months or so. But building a following on there. And then we stay active on Twitter with information. I think there's a lot of good information about our blog. So, if you like to just, you know, have a read every week or so and catch up, we do cover a lot of relevant topics. And the URL is blog. 
freedomscientific.com. And we do have a training podcast as well where we will broadcast a lot of our uh, events that we have on Clubhouse, and I'll talk about that in a second, uh, plus things from our webinar. That's an audio podcast, but it is our training podcast. And again, you can go to our training page that Rachel and Mike just mentioned and learn more about that. And if you want to, you can listen from your home assistant. So you can be like, yes, Lady A, play the Freedom Scientific Training Podcast. And you'll hear the most recent episode. So you don't even have to get up and do all this other stuff we're telling you right. to do. You can do it from home. Right. But you can peruse it on other platforms as well. You can peruse the right, right. Uh, episodes. But And we're also on Clubhouse. That is uh, an audio chat app or conferencing app, however you want to look at it on iOS or Android. And we do host an event on there once a week called Ask Sharky. And that is typically on Tuesdays. And so those are usually episodes where we talk about different things pertaining to JAWS. And for example, we might talk about uh, how to use a specific Windows feature using JAWS or how to use a specific JAWS feature, just all kinds of different things. So we do that once a week. And and again, those episodes do show up on our training podcast. And all of our training is done by request. I mean, the large majority, I would say about 95% of our choices are made either by you know, what people are calling into tech support and asking about or what people are specifically writing into our email inbox about. So if you want to send in a suggestion, please do. It is um, training at thesparrow.com. And again, that's V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com. And you can send in suggestions there. We will see them. And that could be anything. And then if you want to see all of the things we've done in the past on training, you can go to freedomscientific.com forward slash webinars. Yeah, and those suggestions uh, could be for any of our products, not just JAWS, not just ZoomText, not just Fusion, anything that you want to see. Right. Anything you're using in the day-to-day -day yes. life that's giving you, like, a trouble that we can, uh, <laughs> that, we're, that we're making, <laughs> not just anything. And I'm going to go and just overemphasize, yeah, the, the, your podcast channel where you do have, uh, you know, fr segments from your Asharki as well as the other training that you do is a fantastic podcast to listen to, as well as for those that uh, know and use Clubhouse, that is a very fun environment that y'all have created through, you know, those outreach venues. So it's definitely Thank worth you. the time to get yeah. involved and understand and just learn more because, VA, they do a good job of teaching basics, and this is a way of getting beyond those basic skills that you've learned and continue to uh, figure out how to use everything that uh, Vespero and Freedom Scientific have to offer. You just threw out about a ton and a half of information, <clears throat> you know, for the blog, the podcast, uh, the YouTube video, do da do da do da. And some of these people are like, what? Because they don't know how to navigate resources well enough yet and if they do know how to navigate where would those resources be listed if if there is such a thing in one place where they can access the choice that they want i would say our training page is a is a great place to go because there is where you're going to find everything our podcast our videos you're going to find links to everything so i would say freedom scientific 
www.ebsa.com forward slash training. And if you okay. can go to a web page and go through headings, then you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I, I would need. Yeah. Yeah, that's Absolutely. everything together. And that will, like, literally everything we just rattled off is centralized on that one page. And I know that, um, I know it is a ton and a half of information. I just like to <laughs> get it all out there. So yeah. you know that there might be something for you. So we're happy yeah. to break it down though. We really are. Just, yeah. Just so um, yeah. people don't hear the word Twitter and just shut off, you know? <laughs> um, right. And the other yeah. comment I would make is, uh, you know, in, in terms of the revision of our bylaws recently, um, we are going to, and, and because of the restructuring of line rehab services that's taken place, you know, we are going to have a lot more people that are low vision that are going to be, you know, focused in the same arena <laughs> as those people that are blind. So I, I like the way that this presentation came out where it went from, you know, kind of the beginning to the end, so to speak, in terms of the low vision user all the way to the totally blind user. Well, thanks. And we, I mean, yeah, as you said, Paul, there's a lot of information there and to cover all of it. I mean, we can do a one hour session on just the training resources, you know, so we just wanted to make sure we got some of this across and, you know, you know, to reach out to us if there's ever anything um, yeah. that we can do. And of course, your contacts, the VA know how to reach all of us as well. Right. And, I, and we'll probably make some, do some work to make sure they do know. Yeah. Or and it is, it is, go ahead. I said, or for it's for everyone just uh, email uh, myself, uh, thornick at bva.org. And if there's anything that you all need and you're looking to find, just ask me and I'll get connected to the right folks. That's great. I was just going to say yeah. that it is such a hard thing to know kind of what people's needs are as far as technology is concerned. And that's why we wanted to do the spectrum of all the different services. And sometimes even, I don't know, I, I think it was the last time we were talking about one of the one of the biggest disservices, you know, I've seen both in the state rehab and also working through the VA in different roles is just that, you know, people may not know what they need. And, you know, it's hard to, it's just hard to figure out exactly what you need. It is. And, and it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm, it's not. It's definitely not. And yeah. so, yeah, and getting people exposed to more knowledge and just knowing what's out there, I think it's really important. And that was the reason for my questions. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Anyone else? Questions, comments, concerns? Yeah, could you tell me what's coming out in JAWS 2023? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about some features that are currently in the public beta. Yeah. Okay. It, it, All I, right. I, I will first caveat by saying, I think we're going to be doing a whole wonderful session on yeah. this next month. I'll just oh, give you yeah. a little so bit of a teaser. <laughs> yeah, just a teaser. Yeah. So if you are familiar at all with our new notification manager that came out in the June release, which is where you can go to look at uh, your most recent, well, a lot actually, of notifications. Um, then we have made some updates to that. There have been some enhancements to the notification manager so that you can <clears throat> literally manage those things like your email notifications or maybe a notification from your browser or something like that or meeting notification. 
There's also a new feature in JAWS called Smart Glance. Woo -woo. I know this one's really, really neat. So sometimes on web pages, you know, as a JAWS user, we're used to navigating by heading, by tables, by things like that, that have been designated as different types of elements by the person who developed the web page. For example, when they created a heading, they wanted, you know, they purposely created it as a heading. Therefore, we can um, navigate. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, okay. I was go ahead. Therefore, we can navigate using certain keyboard commands. Well, sometimes web developers will create, uh, you know, they will add some text and they will call attention to it by bolding that text or underlining it or making it a certain color. But if it's not a heading or or something like that, if it's not designated as something we can easily navigate to. We don't know that that text is even on the screen. We don't even know that it's there's attention called to it. So now with Smart Glance, you're going to be able to press the letter Y to navigate through all of those areas on a page where a web developer may have called attention to specific text. And that's going to work a lot like your other navigational keys, just like H for heading. You're going to be able to use the letter Y. Yeah. So essentially, if the web developer didn't mark anything up for a screen reader, it was just kind of everything was slapped on the web page. JAWS is going to try to use AI to identify the parts of interest of the screen that you may want to know about, like headings, etc. And I think that's uh, yeah, enough sneak that's, peek. That's, yeah, yeah. And more to come in the near future. Yeah. More to come. More to come. What command do you give Alexa to open up that podcast? Oh, you say, oh, go ahead, Liz. Oh, go ahead. You say, just say, um, wake word. Or the wake <laughs> word. Yeah, I was like, look, I looked okay. over at it. Like, uh -huh. ADA, um, just say, play the Freedom Scientific Training podcast. And make okay. sure you don't say it too fast. She's, sometimes she starts playing some Spanish podcast for me that I, oh, I don't speak funny. Spanish, so it's not <laughs> that useful for me. And it'll play the latest episode. Yep. Right. That will also work if you're using Siri as well as Google Assistant to go ahead and bring up your podcast through those specific venues as well. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this edition of the VetTech Weekly Webinar Series for October 12th, where we are joined by Michael, Rachel, and Elizabeth from Vespero to learn more about Enhanced Vision, Optelic, and Freedom Scientific. If you enjoyed this episode of the Blind Inventor Association VetTech Podcast Series, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. The VetTech Podcast Series is available on all major podcast services as well as through your digital smart speakers by simply asking it to play the latest episode of the BVA's VetTech Series. For more information about the BVA, be sure to check us online at bva.org as well as on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. I'd like to thank you again for listening to this episode and hope you all have a wonderful day.